The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about a hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you would like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is uh, obviously not Bradley's show from yesterday. It's a uh, educational video by Bradley, so you can watch that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Hopefully, they get the bugs sorted out. I, I think it was maybe something on his end. I'm not sure. Uh, guys, yesterday, if you are listening in the afternoon, uh, the, the sound wasn't coming through. And I don't know what the deal is with Rumble on some of these things. Uh, you know, Yesterday, the show, only half of it rendered in Rumble, even though the content said it was an hour and a half. And... <clears throat> I don't know what they're doing over there. I had to re-upload the uh, the show yesterday, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, but in any case, I think we are we're streaming live audio. So if you've got an audio problem there, you probably need to just refresh the page. Just letting you guys know. On the right side of the page, sunslibertymedia.com is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for uh, the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and join us in the chat on Rumble. we got some friends over there this morning. Good morning, you guys. Good to see you. And uh, also, while you're there, please subscribe to the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, and we appreciate those guys giving us a spot on their platform. Uh, once again, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Right up under where we're streaming live, there is a place where you can enter your email if you'd like to get all of our articles for the day, including the morning show archive, right to your inbox, uh, and hopefully not your spam box, but that's really up to internet providers as to what they do. Uh, sign up for that right there. That goes out late afternoon, early evening, and you'll get all of that in your inbox. And I, again, I forgot to open up the store here, uh, make mention of <clears throat> the latest things that uh, Bradley's put out, and that has to do with uh, his books and also the uh, new T-shirt, uh, Soldier of the Cross T-shirt. Um, and somehow, we ha I've got the wrong thing up. I'm sorry, guys. 
<laughs> I got your chat going on. Didn't even pay attention to it. I was looking at the other page. Um, the Soldier of the Cross t-shirt, $20.25 if you're double X or, or bigger, uh, just because the extra material there. But that's available in our store, thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com, or you can get to it right off of uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com, the little menu at the top of the page. And then also he's got a companion book, Soldier of the Cross, that's $10. You can pick that up now, brand new. And then also, all the profits were pointing to the front. That's $10 as well. Both of those are in our store. They're brand new from Bradley. Uh, Soldier of the Cross, about three weeks old, something like that. I, my time goes so fast, I can't keep up with it. About three weeks old. And then the all the profits are pointing to the front just under a week uh, that just came out. So you can check that out, too. He'll be promoting that on his uh, show as he gets rid of more of the Soldier of the Cross book. Uh, so be able to... Be sure to check that out. By the way, yeah, you say you want to get that shirt. I tell you what, um, <clears throat> the colors on it, and they did it different than they did the Jefferson one. I got the Jefferson one. It was, you know, some fading went on and stuff. This one, whatever they did with it, it's it's a thick print. It is not like going to the beach and getting one of those. What are they? I don't even know what they call those things. Iron on. You know, it's it's not something like that. It's really well done. Brilliant colors, and even after a washing, still looks pretty good. Uh, so get you one of those um, 20 bucks in the store. All right. <clears throat> Yesterday would have been something the Mockingbird Media wouldn't have reported on. Um, or if they do, they give very little attention to it. Um, and I think there's probably a reason for that. It's kind of like they don't report on Noahide laws. But this is Zionism stuff. This is the essence of what Marxism is. This is the essence of it. But yesterday's show, when we talked about this Red Heifer Project, we talked about who the true Israel is. Look, if you're, still, if you're one of those people, Christian or non-Christian, who thinks modern-day Israel is somehow tied to Bible prophecy and the, and the actual people of God, you, you really need to read your Bible. And when I say read it, I mean comprehend what it's saying. Anybody can go through and read words. I, For a year before my conversion, I read words. I couldn't tell you squat about what I just read, but I read it. I was driven to read the Word of God. And I have, I, I, looking back on it, I understand why God was using even me to put the Word of God in me. But I didn't understand the thing I read, even the narratives. I could read it and say, okay, Jesus turned some water into wine. I, what does this have to do with anything? And I'm a preacher's kid. But the Word of God is powerful. It has this ability to pull back the scales off our eyes and see things for what they are. And yesterday's show is one thing the Mockingbird Media is not going to report on, and they're definitely not going to report the truth on it, they're going to have to call out Israel for what they really are, aren't they? This is a, uh, a video I got yesterday. <clears throat> I don't know how old it is. I'm pretty sure it's recent, but uh, I don't know what day it was taken. <clears throat> you guys on the radio, you will not uh, you will not see this, obviously. <laughs> uh, but if you want to jump on sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page, you can see it there. But there are there are people coming across the southern border by the hundreds. I mean, it's as far as your eye can see across this little river and out into the the wooded area. I don't know if you want to call this jungle or whatever, but I mean, it's this is a lot here. Look at this. Now, this one does have 
a few women and children in with it. Which I think is fair to show, too, because, yes, we get a lot where the men come. Okay? <laughs> the guy's having to pour water out of the little girl's boots. Now, to tell you the truth, most of, many of these people uh, look like some of the people that I met in construction years ago. And many of them have come to America because they want a better life. There's no doubt in my mind that many of these people, that's what they want. And they'll do whatever they can to get there. It'd be just like you or I, if we were in their situation, wanting to go to a place that want to do that. There's no doubt in my mind that many people. But there's rules for coming here, guys. <laughs> there's rules for coming here. And this is just being let go on. And by the way, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, what a joke. What a joke. This guy get, has the audacity, okay, to have the guys come up, put a razor wire there to stop this kind of stuff, at least in certain areas, and then lets the Border Patrol come and cut it and goes on, instead of going and arresting the Border Patrol, instead of running them out of his state and putting men of Texas on the southern border, what does Greg Abbott do? He I was going to say runs. He wheelchairs himself down to Twitter and he says, the Border Patrol cut our razor wire. Those bad, evil Border Patrol. Dude, why don't you go and arrest them or run them out of your state? At least make a stand here. Do something. My goodness. And this is what the people have tolerated in Texas. For how many years have you put up with this guy? He is not on your side. He's not on your side. And you don't get, by the way, you don't give him sympathy because he's in a wheelchair. You don't do that. Now, you're, you're to look at him through his actions towards you. He's let that go on. Wasn't Texas the one who said when they started putting the TSA in, uh, back in the early 2000s, to go through all your stuff, violate your Fourth Amendment rights. And when they said, we're going to have none of that, and the federal government says, well, you better do it, or we're going to uh, treat uh, any plane coming out of Texas as hostile. We might have to shoot it down. And well, let them go and do it. Let them show who they are. The, the cowardice. Even in the midst of this impeachment stuff, which the Mockingbird media isn't really covering very much either, with Joe Biden. And there's good reason why they're not going to do it, because they're tied right into it. They've been covering for this guy for a long time, and his family. But while this is going on, okay, now I want you to, I want you to notice what's really happening here. As they're allowing illegals by the tens of thousands to come into the United States... We have a family that came here from Germany. They came here because Germany had just tyrannical laws against them home-educating their kids. So they came to the United States. A couple of their kids who were born here became U.S. citizens. A couple of the kids married U.S. citizens. And now what do we have? 
they're being set to be deported back to Germany. No reason given. Just this is the this is the job. This is the story. Listen to this. This comes from Todd Starnes. And uh, this is the family. Many of you have read about them. I, I've seen several stories. I think I've even done a couple of them. I, I do so much stuff. I think I even done a couple, but it was probably years ago when I was at Freedom Outpost. Um, this is what Todd reports. The Biden administration has ordered a German homeschool family who came to America legally. They didn't cross the southern border. They didn't cross the northern border. They didn't cross any border without the approval of the people. He's ordered them to leave the country. The move comes as the White House has turned a blind eye to millions of illegal invading, uh, illegals invading the southern border. I want to tell you if you know if you know where these people are, if you're friends with these people, I'll tell you what you should do. And I'll own it. The Second Amendment exists for a reason. These people have done nothing wrong. And while this criminal administration allows illegals to cross the border, of which they're going to they're gonna violate almost two dozen laws already on the books when, when, they cross the, when they cross the border. They're going to have to provide some kind of social security. They're going to have to get a driver's license. They're going to have to do all this other stuff. And how do you think they're going to do it? Yeah, they're going to fake information to do it. I'm just telling you, that's what's going on. And then these guys want to run this family out of here who would be I mean, you guys on, on the uh, the video platform, you see, what a nice-looking family. I'm not saying everybody's perfect in there. But mom and dad have the right attitude. They want to educate their kids. Deuteronomy 6, that's exactly right. They should be They should be held up as what people who come to America should be like. That's what, they, that's what should be going on. Instead, nope, we're going to send you a packing. I hope I say their name right. The... Romeike family, R-O-M-E-I-K-E, was forced to flee Germany in 2008 after they were persecuted by the government for homeschooling their children. The Germans levied fines against the family and threatened to take away their children. This is what Biden and company want to do. They want to send them back into that environment, and actually they want to split up their family. Because, like I said, a couple are American citizens, a couple have married American citizens. Hmm. The Germans levied fines against the family, threatened to wait, take away their children. I documented the plight. This is Todd Starnes. I documented the plight of the family for years when I was working at Fox News. The Ramakis and their five children eventually settled in eastern Tennessee. Where's the governor at in Tennessee? Huh? Where's the sheriff in their county to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. We're not going to allow you to do that. And if you come down here, we're going to arrest you and throw you in jail. I'm going to let the people decide your fate. I guess this is Customs and Border Patrol. I, I don't know who would do all this. Where's the men who are going to stand up and say, no, we're not doing it? And again, where's the men in the community? You probably know this family, and you say, well, we're going to pray for you, brother. You're going to pray for them? We'll do that. But then go stand with them and say, no, you're not taking this family. There is zero authority to be doing that. And don't tell me, well, the Constitution gives them authority over him. They've already let the people in. Now they're not giving... These people haven't committed a crime. There's no reason to kick them out. Except an attack upon what they profess and who they profess. That's the issue. Don't doubt me on this. That's what the issue is. 
They settled in eastern Tennessee, were granted indefinite, indefinite deferred action status. The evangelical Christians were allowed to live, work, and remain safely in the United States without fear of deportation. In the 10 years they've been in the United States, they've had, ten, they've had two children who are American citizens, and two of the grown children have married Americans. They also have an American grandchild. See, this is what Marxism does. It targets the family. It targets the family. But a few weeks ago, during a routine check-in with the American government, the family was ordered to pack their bags and head back to Germany. They were being kicked out of the country. The Homeschool Legal Defense Association says the Ramikis were given four weeks to apply for German passports so they could be deported. HSLDA said the family had no prior warning, was offered no explanation other than that there had been a change of orders. Deportation to Germany will fracture these families while exposing the Romaikis to renewed persecution in Germany where homeschooling is still illegal in almost every case. See, this is the thing, and I said this many times. I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I don't know where it went to. Um, B. Okay, so here we go. I don't know if he had... Oh, he had something else there. Okay, that was... Sorry about that. I thought this was a thing to support the family or something. This is the thing that we're dealing with. Is everything that God says is good, right, holy, just, precious, beautiful, all that, all of it's being stood on its head. Well, what are the people of God to do? The people of God are to stand fast. That's what they're to do. Ephesians 6 Put that armor on. Armor up, as some people use the phrase. You're to armor up, and you're to stand fast. You don't run from the post and say, oh, it's really, it's really bad there. No, 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 go to these people's aid. Who is in their county in Tennessee? Huh? The volunteer state. Who's going to volunteer to go and stand with this family? Use the Second Amendment for what it, was, what it was meant to be used for against a tyrannical government. What does it say, guys? I go back to this again. We're the men in Tennessee. We're the men in South Carolina. We're the men in California who are going to get together and do what the Constitution says and be the law enforcers. Not your paid hirelings that are state agents. I'm talking about when are the men going to be Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. When are they going to be the law enforcers? And enforce the law. Again, you don't have the... set. I'm not saying you ought to come out and brandish guns. I'm not saying that. But I do think you ought to arm yourself. And you ought to take a stand against the federal government who wants to do this to your neighbors. That would be the essence of loving your neighbor at this point for the Ramikis here. I'm just... I'm just telling you, that would be... That to stand back and let the federal government do to them what they want to do to them is an act of... Hate, not love. You don't love those people. The militia exists for what? The security. It says it's necessary for the security of a free state. And again, I wish some of these Second Amendment groups would get on that little thing right there when they defend the Second Amendment. I'm all about individual rights to keep and bear arms. I'm all about that. But that's been beat like a dead horse. Let's go after the militia part where we say the reason we hold those weapons is to secure a free state. Let, let's, start, let's start there. 
people say, oh, they, you know, they, they mock and make fun. Oh, you, you think you're up against tyrants and blah, 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 all this other stuff. Well, we are up against tyrants. And the answer to that, according to the Constitution and our forefathers, was to allow the people to keep and bear arms, period. In a similar manner to America, this is England. I want you to look at the migrants who have come into England. Hang on. That was really loud, and I got the volume turned way down. Um, okay, so let's try this again. This is England. This is the Muslims from all different countries in the Middle East. I'm going to turn that down. It's a little annoying. This is Muslims from all over the Middle East walking down the street with their country's flags, uh, obviously promoting the religion of Islam. And look, it's not going to be long before you see this in America. You're already seeing small townships being taken over, their councils being taken over. What was that one? It was up in Michigan or Wisconsin, somewhere up north there. It's got a funny name, Kanaskdak or something like that. Taken over completely by Muslims. You've heard Bradley talk about St. Cloud. I was up to visit Bradley, I think it was in 2014 or so. And we went through St. I think it's St. Cloud. I think that's the place. And I mean, what come what comes and look, I'm not this is not an attack on individual Muslims, okay? Uh, I've met a lot of, of Muslims who are very pleasant people, very kind people, okay? But many of them come from these areas where it's just, it's a death cult. I mean, this, it's all over what they are. And when we went through St. Cloud, you could feel it, man. I mean, I, I'm not a feely kind of guy with, you know, you get stuff. I, that happens to me on occasion, okay? It really does. Usually it's something, though, that I read what God has done or something of that nature. But when we went through there, because we had to go to a grocery store, it was somewhere in there, and uh, you could you could just feel it. It was like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a somebody threw a big, heavy, thick, dark blanket on you. Uh, that's, that's probably the closest thing I can think of to, to say. They just threw it on you, and you felt the weight of what's around there. It was just, and when you would drive through, you'd see these people, and they'd look at the car, and it was like they were just lifeless. Um, I don't know how to explain it. And that's what they're pouring in there, and they're doing it all across the United States as well. They're doing those kinds of things. But here it is in England. You see it here. Now I'm sure you probably didn't. Uh, if, now if you're if you're uh, someone who listens to Sons of Liberty, you've probably seen this video. Uh, but in any case, I want to play it anyway. This guy comes out of Canada, and uh, he's speaking to a meeting here. I don't know if he's speaking to representatives or not, but uh, check out what he has to say. Let's see if we can get some volume on this. I don't know. Good evening. Okay, here we go. Restructuring of Canadian mayors and municipalities under the auspices of the United Nations began in 1992. PM Mulroney signed Canada onto UN Agenda 21. Canada thus became a UN member nation state. 178 countries signed on, lured by the promise of big money to go green. By 2000, countries, including Canada, were being governed by directions of the UN, G7, G20, World Economic Forum, and World Health Organization, to name some. 
Every organization named is a foreign-based NGO, non-governmental organization, and every member of all these organizations is unelected. Parliamentary procedures for law changes weren't followed. In 1994, a municipal primer was issued to all local towns outlining how they were to restructure their governments. Though the municipal primer was a non-binding agreement, all towns adopted it. Our public officials, the mayor and councillors of that day, were partnered with a private corporation, the Corporation of the Town of Aurora, who appointed a chief administrative officer who helped implement the global agenda instead of a local one. The International Council on Local and Environmental Issues, ICLEI, became the main source of consultation to push and fund the global agenda. We remind you that the World Economic Forum and the United Nations signed a strategic partnership framework in 2019 to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. This is the same World Economic Forum whose chairman, Klaus Schwab, famously declared, you will own nothing and be happy. This is the same Klaus Schwab who, referring to Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, boasted, we have penetrated more than half of his cabinet. We would ask Mayor Maracas and the councillors, why should the citizens of Aurora bow down to the intrusive dictates of an unelected foreign entity? The fact is we should not, and we will not. What, you ask, does any of this have to do with 15-minute smart cities? Absolutely everything. Smart, S for surveillance, M for monitoring, A for analysis, R for reporting, and T for technology. Technology news editor Patrick Wood, 50 years of experience and expertise on technocracy, wrote, The 15-minute city is a cover for data collection bonanza for technocrats who design and operate them. Cities designed for maximum efficiency always reveal technocrat thinking that efficiency itself is the goal. Maximum surveillance allows for maximum control to achieve even more efficiency. At its very root, this mechanistic thinking is anti-human. The 15-minute city narrative seeks to fool you in the guise of saving the planet, keeping you safe, and delivering convenience. It's actually the gateway to digital IDs and CBDC, central bank digital currencies. CBDCs allow bankers and or governments to freeze your bank account because you happen to peacefully and lawfully protest and express your disagreement with government policy. Anyone remember the trucker's convoy in Ottawa, February 22, when the government of Canada invoked the Emergencies Act and froze the private bank accounts of law-abiding citizens? 15-minute cities are wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't believe the countless stories spewing forth from the 24-7 basis from the elitist captured mainstream media, all claiming to have your best interests at heart. We have been burned too many times. In reality, 24-7 surveillance through the Internet of Things inside your home, 5G and LED streetlights outside, monitoring and tracking and recording everything. Implementation of exclusion zones and geofencing to restrict movement and travel. Ability to control behaviors through military-directed energy technologies. Property and car ownership to be outlawed. Evictions from farms and rural areas to gather people into cities. Digital passports being promulgated by the UN, World Economic Forum, and the World Health Organization are in the final stages of planning and implementation. They are tied to social credit score, which is determined by compliance to government directives. These passports control all access and all aspects of life. Digital currency is being implemented to end cash and monitor all your spending. Your digital currency will be turned off or on depending on your compliance score. UBI Universal Basic Income is a state-controlled allowance forcing compliance by restricting access to food, money, services, and education. All of the above will enable climate lockdowns to be implemented easily, arbitrarily, and indefinitely. The real agenda of 15-minute smart cities is to monitor and control everyone and everything. In summary, in the coming days, Council will receive an electronic info packet which will contain the text of this delegation and other items. We, the citizens of Aurora, 
wish to enter into a meaningful, respectful dialogue with our elected members of council on this complex, important issue. A key framework of that dialogue is a list of questions posed to council. Can council explicitly guarantee that citizens will remain free to travel as is their right under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Can council guarantee not to restrict access to essential services, medical care, bank accounts, government pensions, utilities? Most importantly, we the citizens of Aurora need to have the conversation with council about exiting their non-binding agreement with the private for-profit entity known as the Corporation of the Town of Aurora. We need to turn back the page to a simpler time when open, transparent municipal government serving its citizens and working in their best interests ruled the day. We are your equal partners on this journey. Thank you. Thank you. And listen. The people are standing and applauding what this guy said. Now, all of the people at the meeting here are on their feet, except for that one lady, or two ladies. <laughs> but they're all on their feet applauding what the guy just said, how he exposed what they were doing. Boy. We need some people doing that here, too. Exposing them for exactly who they are. Look, many of these people who are put up to be representatives, many of the people who are put up to be bureaucrats in certain cabinet positions, the guys who go into the, the, the White House, uh, several of these guys. And look, Donald Trump's no different. I know some of you people want to do it. You look at the stuff he's tied with with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. I mean, oh, Tim, he's playing double agent. Yeah, okay. 5D chess, right? 10D chess. So let's get, let's just, let's just make it crazy. Let's be like a Donald Trump. We don't want to just stop with 5G or 5D. We want to go 6D and 7D and 8D and 10D. He's, he's a marketer. He's a carnival barker. Tell you what you want to hear. There's also a couple of other ones. Stories this week I came across. Um, very interesting because some of these are, from Greg Reese, I, and I want to play, I'd love to play all three of them. I'm probably going to have to whittle them down to two or so, because I want to make a point here. I don't want to leave people in this. It's Somehow there's this thing of if you can show how dark things are getting, then you don't need a whole lot of light. You just turn the light switch on and let it dismiss the darkness, right? I mean, that's the way I see it. This is a very uh, sort of a positive one that's come out here recently. Uh, it looks like Bill Gates has abandoned his climate doom narrative least for a little while. Why? Because the populations of the world, of the world's uh, countries, has began to push back against this globalist agenda. See, the, I, this is what I said all along. I think, I think what they've done is they played their hand too early. They, they showed who they are way too early. They gave themselves up. And pride and er their arrogance is going to be their downfall. Well, somebody said it was their symbolism that was going to be their downfall. Well, their symbolism is tied to their pride and arrogance. They're no longer to be in the closet or underground or in some kind of, you know, what's the thing, catacombs to do their evil deeds. They're doing it right out in the open. And through the internet and through many of the social media platforms and stuff, despite the censorship and stuff, the information is getting out to people. 
least the people that God has designed for it to get out to. See, God's not obligated to tell us anything else other than what he's told us. He's not obligated. He's not obligated to save anyone either, except for those who meet his requirements, for which we read in Ephesians 2 the other day, he gives everything he requires, faith, repentance, all of that. Humility, that's what he gives. But here are people pushing back, and Bill Gates is probably rethinking this and saying, I've got to come at this another angle, and I need to be quiet about this because they've found out what we're doing. Yeah, we know what you're doing with the mosquitoes, too. We know what you're doing with your lab-grown meat. We know what you're doing with trying to block out the sun that God gave us that gives us all kinds of vitamins for our body. We know what you're doing. And you know what? There's everything in me that wants to say, the Lord rebuke you, Bill Gates. Just like Moses told, or just like Michael told the devil when he battled over the body of Moses. The Lord rebuke you, boy. And it goes for the rest of the people who are, who, who are in positions of authority, whether usurped or they got there legitimately, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter if it's in this country or around the world, the Lord rebuke all of you. And he's going to. He's going to. I'm going to bring that up here in just a little bit. I want to play these two reports here from uh, Greg Reese. Now, this is, this is tied to some of what I, I warned about earlier. You know, it's starting to get around, so it makes me wonder whether or not they're going to do it. Uh, because if enough people know it, and this happens, and the results happen uh, that they want, then everybody's going to know exactly where this comes from. We're not going to, we're not going to sit here for months or some people are still in under the convid illusion of where it came from and how it got here and everything else. They're still pointing to China. No, no, no. It came from our own government. It came from our government. It didn't come from China. It came from our government. Our government oversaw the convids. Just like our government oversaw 9-11. Just like our government oversaw the assassination of JFK. You... It came from our government. This is from Greg Reese, and this is on the 5G-activated zombie apocalypse. Take a listen. Military attorney Todd Callender is an expert in international law and morbidity mortality law. He's been filing lawsuits and blowing the whistle on the enemy ever since they made the shots mandatory. These lawsuits have led to his research team amassing thousands of whistleblowers that point to a planned Marburg epidemic already paid for by taxpayer dollars in the recent PREP Act. Todd Callender said that inside the lipid nanoparticles, there are sealed pathogens, including E. coli, Marburg, and Ebola, and that different pathogens can be released by different frequencies pulsed through the 5G network. Inside of these shots that people already received, inside the lipid nanoparticles, the hydrogel, there exists pathogens inside of the particles that have not yet opened. Those pathogens are chimeric. They include E. coli Marburg, Ebola staphylococcus, and brewer's yeast, amongst others. We know that upon the broadcast... By the way, let me just pause. I don't want to interrupt what's going on there, but let me pause and just say, none of these are viruses. Remember? They haven't proven any virus exists. Now... This idea of some of these things that are on there, especially E. coli, just came out from the uh, European Medical Society or something like that, that chlorine dioxide helps to destroy E. coli. Yep. 
Good old chlorine dioxide. Just letting you know, that's information for you. I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you to take it or any kind of protocol, but I'm telling you right now that it does destroy E. coli. I'm sure it destroys any of these other things that are listed here, too. So you take that information, you do with it what you want to do with it. Cast from the 5G system that is now employed across the United States and the world for that matter. Um, when they broadcast an 18 gigahertz signal uh, for one minute, three different times as a pulse, it will cause those lipid nanoparticles to swell and release these pathogenic contents, thereby causing a Marburg epidemic that they've already spent the money on. They've already, it's already done, right? The Marburg epidemic for purposes of the law has happened and now we just need the actual uh, disaster to happen. And, and there's actually worse parts to it than that, including the 1P36 gene deletion that effectively will turn those poor people into zombies. As odd as that sounds, our government's preparing for that. He also points out that 1P36 gene deletion is the number one side effect of the Pfizer shots, a disease with zombie-like symptoms that make a person aggressive with a propensity to bite. The CDC published a public service announcement on the preparedness for a zombie apocalypse in 2011. That same year, Con Plan 8888-11, Counter Zombie Dominance, was published. The military's advanced ammunition known as multi-purpose rounds are single rounds comprised of multiple projectile options to be chosen via direct communication from the tank fire control to the cartridge chambered in the breech. So it would make sense to arm weaponized vaccines the same way. Popular online personality Jason Shirka has recently posted a warning that on October 4th, FEMA will be using 5G frequencies to activate nanopathogens in the blood of the vaccinated. On October 4th at 2.22 p.m. Eastern Time, the emergency broadcast system will be activated across the entire United States under the leadership of FEMA disguised as a test. However, this test will be used to send a specific high frequency signal through devices like smartphones, radios, and TVs with the intention of activating graphene oxide and other nanoparticles that have been inserted into billions of human beings around the world through the obvious mediums. If the October 4th date does not occur for any reason, the backup plan will be to do it on October 11th at the same time. In the case that this is not able to be stopped, I ask you all to shut off your phones and all other relevant devices at 2 p.m. Eastern time for a period of two hours to be safe. I don't know who this guy is, but I will add that we probably want to turn the 5G off for good. And we definitely need to take control of our government because a plan as diabolical as this would be game over. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, all right. So you hear what's going on there, and I'm in agreement with him. I wish somebody could show me who claims to have a 5G phone. If you really see any increase, you can do a simple speed test between 4G and 5G. We're told this is just this great thing. This is super speed, all this kind of stuff. I'd be interested in seeing that. That'd be the first thing. And then the second thing I'd be interested in seeing is... Uh, exactly what's going on here. We got the Blade Runners running around over there in England, I think they are. You know what? More power to those guys. Those companies didn't ask the populace if they could radiate them with their cell tower radiation. They didn't, they didn't ask them that. And they're making 
billions off of those people. And then their friends in Big Pharma are making billions off those people who get sick, get cancers, all kinds of other things because of that radiation, those EMFs that come from it. By the way, you can check out our friend uh, Corey if you have any kind of problems with there. Here's the link, fixemfs.com. Fixemfs.com. If you've got that kind of thing going on and you're suffering because of these EMFs that are coming off, not just from 5G, but practically anything that's electrical in your house or in your car, you need to go see my friend Corey. His stuff works against that. By the way, I'm going to have something up today. You guys with direct energy weapons. Man, there's a guy who's made some simple little tools, if you will, to protect yourself from directed energy weapons. Now, it's on a much smaller scale. It'd be something like if you go to a protest or something like that, but I'm going to see if I can have that up later today at sonsoflibertymedia.com where you can check that out. Just simple little things that you can make because some of you are going to be up against some of that stuff. I'm going to play this last one here, and then I want to go to the scripture. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and throw this uh, the other report from Greg Reese up in the archive so you'll have it. At the White House knew COVID vaccines were killing people over two years ago. And you know what, Greg, that's true, but they knew it during the Trump administration too. And we've got the documents to show it. The FDA and Pfizer were trying to hide them for 75 years and in the first document dump that they did, we found out people were dying from the shot. That was in their quote-unquote clinical trials. By the way, you know, I've got a lot of people give me shots over LifeWave. You know, we, we've talked about that. And, oh, these aren't really clinical trials. Okay, so what does clinical trials do? You put it through the thing, you stick it out there, and all your buddies who are already on board with your allopathic sorceries are, are saying, yeah, this is great, this works, this, that, and the other. That's a clinical trial, but actually going getting real results is not a clinical trial? I don't get it. I don't get it. But I'll have this one in the, uh, in the archive. I want to play this one right here. I found this kind of fascinating. This, again, comes from Greg Reese. Uh, CCP satellites over Maui at the time of fires. Check this out. Steve Favis is an expert in computer science and advanced robotics. He has been researching the Maui fires and has compiled evidence that the technology exists to have started these fires from a satellite in Earth orbit. He has also confirmed that the CCP had satellites capable of doing so above Maui at the time of the fires. His work has been published on his website, stevefavis.com, and includes everything you need to recreate these findings. The most efficient way to ignite a fire on the surface from a satellite in Earth orbit would be to paint the target in segments by pulsing the laser with an advanced targeting system. To see if this were possible, Favis calculated what it would require to create a meter-wide, mile-long fire. Fired from a satellite, the Earth's atmosphere will absorb and scatter some of the laser energy. And so the laser would need to be in a wavelength range that minimizes this. The most effective wavelength would be in the near-infrared range, which would allow better transmission through the atmosphere. The near-infrared range would be invisible to the naked eye and would also have a minimal reaction with objects colored blue on the Earth's surface. The power of the laser would need to be in the hundreds of kilowatts range, 
And so Favis based his calculations on a 10 megawatt laser firing from Earth orbit, assuming that the atmospheric loss amounts to 50% of the overall power and only five megawatts reaches the surface as a one square meter beam, it would ignite a fire almost instantly. If this five megawatt beam was pulsed across a one meter by one mile long area in segments, then the time to ignite the entire area would be roughly 2.7 minutes. And it would only take approximately 8.8 .8 seconds to melt an aluminum alloy wheel. The amount of energy required to pulse a 10 megawatt laser for 2.7 minutes would require approximately 3,220 capacitors, which would amount to about 32,200 kilograms in weight. Using MetLab software and plugging in public data provided from NORAD, he found that satellites launched and monitored by the CCP were directly above the Maui fires at the time of ignition. The CCP's most powerful rocket, the March 5, can launch up to 48,500 kilograms of payload, which is more than enough to carry the required payload in Favis's calculations. But Favis has found that the CCP has much more powerful lasers deployed already. He has calculated that the CCP has up to 70 gigawatt lasers in Earth orbit right now. That's at least 100 times more powerful than what he factored into these calculations. Adjusting NORAD's Default Coordinated Universal Time, or UTC, to the local time zones, Favis found the following. The Olinda fire was ignited at approximately 10.47 p.m. on August 7th. At this exact time, CCP satellite labeled NORAD 53299 was directly over the location. The Lahaina fire was ignited at approximately 6.37 a.m. on August 8th. At this exact time, CCP satellite labeled NORAD 55836 was directly over the location. The Kula fire was ignited at approximately 11.30 a.m. on August 8th. At this exact time, CCP satellite labeled NORAD 53299 was directly over the location. The so-called deep state does not want you to know that deadly lasers of mass destruction are freely traveling above us. And you can check this all for yourself at stevefavis.com where he provides the source code and has developed a specific software program that you can download and check for these satellites yourself. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay. All right. So you, you see what goes on there. Um, and when you have traders in the midst, like Joe Biden and company and his son, yes, his son isn't in public office, but there's no doubt he's a trader. He's, you know, apple don't fall too far from the tree, right? <laughs> he's just from his daddy. And he's demonstrating that, that these guys are working together. And just like things that have happened in the past, see, this is the thing, is a lot of the wars that we've gotten ourselves into, I think they're illegal, I think they're unconstitutional, they're immoral. 
A lot of the things we've gotten ourselves into, how do we get ourselves into that? Well, we had traders in office working with other people or traders in office who didn't warn the people. Or traders in office who then sent people to upset and disrupt the political structure of certain countries so they could come in and, and, and undermine it. Ukraine is one of those. Venezuela. Nicaragua. You know we're back down in Nicaragua again. That's not being reported either. By the way, you can find that on sonsoflibertymedia.com. All of these places that we've been, we've been there to undermine those people. Now it's being used on us. I don't know if you guys remember, we had an interview with a lady who went down to Chile. She was from America, her and her family. And then as they began to see the uprising, how they used the people, thinking the, pe- the people were thinking they were doing a good thing being against their government, which they were. But they set the stage for the uh, socialists and communists to come in and to rewrite their, their constitution completely. They had a perfectly fine constitution. Just people weren't obeying it. They weren't following the law. And then they undermined it. And she came back here and she said, I see the same thing going on in the United States. Yeah. They get the people all worked up. Instead of the people just saying, look, what you're doing is wrong. We're going to bring you to justice. End of story. The people get all mad and they get frustrated. Then they get very emotional about it, and they lose their sense of what they need to do. And sometimes they'll do things that they would never do if they were thinking rationally. So they know how to manipulate our emotions. They know how to do these things. But what I wanted to do was, I wanted to bring us over into Scripture, because I, you know, seeing some of this stuff, and all of the stuff we see, it can be pretty depressing. It can take the life out of you. I think this is why the Bible talks about us thinking on those things which are beautiful and holy and lovely and perfect. And we think we're to set our mind on those things, set them on things above, not on things of the earth. I think this is one of the reasons it tells us to do that. But there is still hope. Understand, every time in history, if you claim to be a Christian, every time in history, when you look back and wicked men do what they do, what does God do? Does he come in and he stops them? Yeah. And usually, usually, he uses means, other men to stop them from doing what they're doing. And sometimes he uses wicked men to do it. Okay? But he uses men, means, to stop them. Now the question is, do you want to be the means, do you want to be the instrument in the hand of God to stop them? Let me give you... I I pulled this not for the... the, sense of you being the instrument. We could go to a number of places within the scripture to show men who were used that way. But I want you to see how God can take down even the king of an empire and give him a new heart. He he can even do that. Okay? And I want to do this so that you have hope. Not so you're in despair, but so you have hope. Listen to this. This comes from Daniel chapter 4. Remember, Daniel or Nebuchadnezzar had a dream Daniel was scared to tell him what the dream was about, and um, eventually he did, with fear and trembling. He told the king exactly what was going on. And this is what happened. At the end of 12 months, this is uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 29 and following. In the end of the 12 months, he walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And the king spake and said, Is that not this great Babylon that I built for the house of my kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. Why? Because he was arrogant. He was prideful. He was lifted up. He was just like his father, the devil. He thought he had achieved godhood, ruling the world. Haven't I done all of this? I, 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 me, 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 me. And they shall drive thee from men, and they and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. Not you, Nebuchadnezzar, me. Ooh. Well, that's going to throw some people's eschatology off. Yeah. I rule over the kingdoms of men. Not men. I do. And giveth it to whomsoever he will. Oh, I thought the devil was doing that. Nope, God's doing it. That's what he says. And the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Hmm. And at the end of the days, listen to the testimony of this wicked king. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand, and say unto him, What doest thou? And at the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my... This is years after the fact. And excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor, not Daniel's God and Daniel's friend's God, but I honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to debase. Amen. Amen. He is able to debase them. Now, in Nebuchadnezzar's case, God did it. He sent an angel to perform what he, what he did, but God did it. It was supernatural what he did to Nebuchadnezzar. But if you go back and you look at Nebuchadnezzar's life, he used Nebuchadnezzar and his armies to come against his own people to take them into captivity. Friends, don't lose hope in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, our God, and the only potentate and the only king. Don't lose hope in him in the midst of the darkness. Stand fast. Gird yourself up. And you'll see the Lord work. You'll see him work. Bradley, be with you at 3. We'll be back with you in the morning. Lord willing, bright and early, 8 a.m. This is Friday, right? We'll be here with Kate Shimerani. Talk to you then. See you.